1: Call 1 800 bets off. Final home game of the season for the Iowa State men's basketball team. They host West Virginia looking to snap a three game losing streak. Split squad games for the Cubs in today's Cactus League action. Caleb Killian will start against the Diamondbacks, Jamison Tyone against the Guardians. Cowboys vice president Stephen Jones says the team is thinking long term with Dak Prescott and will have to plan for a contract extension for the quarterback. I'm Doug Thompson. For
2: the win. From the Jethro's Barbecue Studios. Where every Monday, get one of Jethro's world-famous meal deals. Score! This is Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO.
3: To Miller and Condon, welcome back. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO, bottom of the hour. Scott Dockerman covers the Big Ten and Iowa for the Athletic. He will join us as he makes his way over to the Combine. Uh, Trent's Plays of the Day, Circus Sports sponsors those. Those coming up about 10 minutes before 1. Right now, Nick Oson, 24-7 Sports, CycloneAlert.com. I know where Nick will be tonight at Hilton Coliseum uh, as the curtain comes down on the men's uh, portion of the home schedule. Where couple of disparity, I would say, amongst brackets. Shelby Mast, our bracketologist, bracket wag, still has Iowa State as the last four seed. Jerry Palm over at CBSSports.com has them on the six-line line what do you have that uh, the Matrix thing? Where are they?
0: Yeah, Bracket Matrix, who takes uh, eighty-nine different bracketologists out there and just averages them all together. They are the final on the average number four seed. Uh, they are as high as a number seven seed and as low as a number three. Somebody still has them on three. Huh? Now, when have they updated? That's a question. Is they well? Updated Shelby updated times. this yesterday. What about the Hawks? There, Iowa is the final number. Eight seed, even with the win against Michigan State, uh, they are as high as a number. So they would be team thirty-two. That's what they have them here. And uh, as high as a 7, as
3: low as an 11, with the 89 different bracketologists (laughs) out there. Good stuff. Well, let's get to Nick Olson, 24-7 Sports. CycloneAlert.com did a tough one for Iowa State. Again, Nick, as always, thank you for doing this. So is it fatigue? Is it a combination of things, maybe second time around? Uh, the the, uh, the opposing teams are familiar with the roster that they played earlier this year and what they've done throughout the year. Now they have a better game plan. Uh, what What's behind this kind of a swoon at the end of the regular season? Admittedly, when we saw last year, and it worked out pretty well, but what's gone wrong, Nick?
2: Yeah, you know, Ken, I, I think it's a couple things of that nature, really. I think that Coach Porter Moser made a really good point in his post game, you know, over the weekend, he mentioned how Iowa State, even though these teams had already played this year, they kind of hit you in the mouth to open the game because you can't really replicate how they defend, how physical they are, and things of that nature. But I felt like because teams have already seen the Cyclones, plus the fact that games are, you know, can be officiated different ways, and I do think it gets to be a long, grueling Big 12 season, I did get the sense that in that second half, those were a few of the things. Look, I wrote that I felt that game was getting away from Iowa State late in the first half. Even when they still had the lead, they had so many looks to extend that lead, right, to 12 or 15 yeah. points. They couldn't get those to fall. And then I remember a distinct three-pointer from Jacob Grove's early second half. Kelsher played it about as well as you could in that corner. He still hit it, and it just felt like the Sooners were maybe going to make a couple more shots than Iowa State would, and and that's really what happened. I think it hurt that they missed some of those looks in the first half, but credit to Oklahoma's offense, they moved the ball really well, and, and that's something that was talked about Saturday as well.
0: 17-2 run there at the beginning of the second half as yeah. Oklahoma was chipping away, and the disappointing part is not you give up a run, that's going to happen, but even after the run, after they finally got a bucket to slow things down, they just never could really get back and, and hit a couple, have a couple of possessions in a row where they look good offensively. This offense is in the tank right now. Is there anything, is there any button that they can push to pull it out outside of a couch or getting hot or grill getting hot? Short of that, is there anything else that they can do offensively?
2: Well, to me, Trent, I think there are a couple things. One, I will say, and there's no question, the numbers have not been very promising recently, but again, that offense generated... I can probably think off the top of my head, six or seven, really, really good looks in that first half that didn't go. So I do think there's a lot of encouragement in how they moved the ball. Obviously, in that first half, more shots need to fall. So I think that kind of lines up a little bit with what you said about a Kelsher or Holmes getting hot. I also think that still you can play a little more through the post with a guy like Oshun. I think he got a couple early fouls and then was in a little pain late in that game and was kind of walking around near the bench and didn't get to play as much as the team maybe had hoped. But I do feel that is an an advantage that against at least six or seven of these conference opponents that Iowa State can go to. I think there are still a couple of those buttons to push and maybe tweak and maybe the team is just kind of trying to figure things out the rest of the way here. But Though it's been worrisome, I personally am not into that panic mode level just because of the higher spurts that I've seen.
3: Uh the all of the seniors and I think I saw there's 8 of them are going to go through the senior day celebration tonight doesn't mean that they that there won't be one or two of them take advantage of that covid year and do come back but they're all going to go through it with their the fellow seniors tonight what about grill's availability for tonight nick uh we know the back is I mean it's it can happen at any time right he played 28 minutes are we I guess, sure that he'll be able to answer the bell tonight, or is this truly going to be another one of those, you know, game time decisions for grill? How did he come out of uh, Saturday?
2: Yeah, that's that's a really good point, Ken. It's something that I actually took away as a positive on Saturday, even though he maybe didn't score the ball like he's capable of. I kind of specifically focused on watching him early defensively, and it looked like not only he was moving very well and getting into his rotations, but – he didn't seem to be wincing or grimacing like we've kind of seen some of the last couple of weeks. He obviously played a lot of minutes still into that second half. So though I can't tell you a, a million percent for sure, I had not seen or heard anything really even post game that would kind of imply that he wouldn't potentially be able to give it a go again. I'm not sure you can expect those 27, 28 minutes every game until kind of the March madness NCAA tournament level starts. But I think what you saw from him was encouraging, and TJ Otzelberger hit on that post game as well, specifically in those defensive rotations because they like having three or four guards that can move around the perimeter, pressure the ball, and actually make things more difficult along the wing for the opponent.
0: You know, Osuni was a guy that felt like it was all rounding into form. He had that stretch at the end of January where he went out there, scored 14, 11, 15, 16. Like, all right, he's he's understanding the Big 12, the step up in competition. He's raring to go. Well, since then, over the final, what is it, 11 games, he's only scored in double figures twice. They need to try to get him going early on, run a little bit more offense through Oshuni. What do you think there? Because he's still a guy that I think can score, and maybe not in bunches, but certainly can help them out on that end of the floor.
2: I totally agree, Trent. And I think tonight's game especially is a game where you can do that. Even though West Virginia likes to be physical, I think there are definitely some holes in that defense, especially at home. I think it's a factor of obviously going to him, generating those looks, but also and this is something that just kind of happens within the game and you can't necessarily control from a team standpoint. I've been looking at the box score early on, and it seems like pretty on six, seven minutes into the game, he's been picking up two fouls early. Obviously, he often just has to sit for that point in time. I think that Rob Jones has done some good things over the course of the last two weeks. I think that's a factor, but I completely agree. For this team to reach its ceiling, whether it's just these last couple games or as you get into... March Madness, when it's legitimately just one and done, I think he has to be a focal point. I think you go to him three out of the first four or five possessions, and he himself can't pick up those early fouls because he's shown what he can do offensively as well as defensively as a rim protector.
3: Yeah, fouls. Uh, you mentioned fouls, and it was certainly a big issue when they were in uh, uh, Morgantown uh, to take on West Virginia. If, I would, if Shun fouled out. Help me out here. Uh Grill did not Lipsy did there was one oh Bob Jones did right, Robert Jones filed out, so the way the game was yep. called, and I know that um. Uh, it was uh, number zero. Johnson that was getting in Grills' head a, a little bit toward the end. This, this seemingly was the beginning of this kind of downturn for Iowa State. That, that they, you know, As you said, they like to punch you in the mouth, as Porter Mosier said, that they like to strike first. Um, West Virginia struck back, and that seemed to be the beginning of this kind of downward trend for Iowa State. I know they had a nice win after that, but um, that, that seemingly maybe you can pinpoint it on the schedule.
2: Yeah, that was a tough game for multiple levels, right? You mentioned the players falling out, the physicality, you know, obviously how the team kinda ended up dropping that there. But I will say this, I don't think I don't think the team goes into too many games not prepared. This is one I expect them to be obviously fully prepared in terms of X's and O's, but DJ Elselberger really hit on, you know, kind of having that personal pride within the team. And kind of showing that every single game, because that's been so important for the Cyclones and kind of how they pride themselves in their mentality. I think that's going to show tonight. It's senior night. We did a little preview and West Virginia is also kind of coming off a tough trip. They played really, really well in Lawrence on Saturday, fell by two, another game on the road tonight. I think the Cyclones will be ready for this, guys. And you get to see Coach
0: Huggins, which is always (laughs) worth it. There's got to be his stool. (laughs) Yes, there's got to be certain guys though that you go through in the course of the year that, you know, I'm excited to go to the other press conference. Mm -hmm. I'm excited to hear from Coach Huggins. Is is he one of those guys on your list every year?
2: You know, I was actually just thinking about that yesterday, Trent. I would say him, Bill Self, Mm -hmm. Tom Izzo. Back when I was covering the Big Ten, some of those guys. I think Kelvin Sampson would be interesting, but definitely one of those names you're excited to really lock in. Potentially get in a question or two for sure.
3: Who's the most valuable player on this team? Does, would it, I
2: mean, is it Holmes? That is a good question. I, if we're saying most valuable and, you know, not necessarily when When
3: they have or, their banquet, yeah, not necessarily the draft or NBA future or, or I don't think anybody has one, but, um, you know, postseason, where they're going to go to Europe, make – when they have their banquet this year and they and they honor the MVP of this year's Cyclone Men's Basketball Program, who's going to walk to the stage to grab it?
2: I would go with probably either, honestly, Taman or Kelsher. I think okay. that Lifty has shown so much of what he can do as a ball handler that ne- hasn't necessarily been the biggest strength of this year's team. And mm-hmm. then Kelsher, even when... He's not scoring, and he is among the team leaders in scoring. You can always expect kind of some of the best defense one-on-one. You saw that again Saturday against Shurfield. I don't yes. think that got talked about a lot. That's a, a great lot, point. Yeah, the team didn't win, but I was watching. He is special on that end. Yep. So I think Holmes category for maybe best player, but most valuable, I'd probably say one of those guys.
3: Yeah, not bad. So if
0: everything plays out according to plan here for the last two games for everybody, which it won't, but... Just for argument's sake, Iowa State would be the sixth seed. That means playing Baylor in a rematch, which might not be a bad thing. You know, beating a team back-to-back games can be difficult there. You're on the bottom side of the bracket. That means away from Kansas. I don't think that's a bad thing either. Either It sets up. It looked like for a long time here, last couple of weeks, they're kind of locked into the 4-5 game. That might be down to a sixth now. Maybe not the worst-case scenario for Iowa State.
2: Well... It's not necessarily, but I do think they will still have a really good shot to be in that 4-5. I think that they could end up playing Kansas State, who Mm -hmm. obviously the two teams have had a couple really good games. And, And, I mean, I can tell you based on kind of how I've looked at things, there's a good shot at that. But you're right, Trent. To me, I think that there's been this overwhelming sense of, this team needs to get out of the Big 12 and, yeah. and get ready for the big dance. And I think that is true, mm-hmm. but I still think there are a couple of things you want to clean up before that. I think tonight's a good opportunity. And now Baylor is dealing with a, a little bit of an injury to one of its star players. Yeah, so I don't think you necessarily just write off Saturday either. I think you see what this team can do here in the regular season and then really ramp things up. But I feel that the health is on an upward trajectory. And tonight is one that honestly you need heading into March.
3: Yeah, you really do. You want to feel good about your team. Uh, they they um, lost a couple at the end of the regular season. Got bounced by Texas Tech in the first round of the Big Twelve, and then we know the run that they uh, went on to uh, you know to to get to the second weekend of the tournament. Well, uh, is senior the the celebration going to happen after the game or before? I got to think it's before with an eight o'clock tip. Do you know, Nick?
2: You bet, yep. It'll be before just about, I think I was told, 14, 15 minutes right before tip-off. Everybody will get honored, the players, the managers, and then it's game on. It'll be a late night at Hilton. I'm excited for it, guys.
3: Good stuff. What do you got going on at CycloneAlert.com this week that you'd like to share with us?
2: Yeah, this will be a pretty heavy football recruiting updates week as well, in addition to basketball coverage. And then tomorrow night, I will be checking out a sub-state final as Omaha Blue and Waukee look to punch their ticket to state. Hmm. Do we know the particulars for, uh, for football
3: yet, as far as spring practices?
2: I'm not sure if it's been, you know, officially, officially released, but the first spring practice won't actually get going. For Iowa State, it's a little bit later. It's been, I think about three weeks is kind of what I've got right now. Mm-hmm. And then that spring game is about a month after that, late April. And we'll see the official... Kind of specifics for that. I do expect fans to be able to attend some of the things late in spring football for sure.
3: And uh, last year, they they went around to a couple of I think three high schools. They were supposed to get to Des Moines to over to East, uh, but that got canceled. Are they planning on doing that, or will it, if they do have a spring game, will that be in place of taking the show on the road? Do you know that, Nick?
2: Yeah, Ken. When we spoke with Coach Campbell, I think it was about three three and a half weeks ago. I got the sense that. They would certainly do some form of the spring game, which I think would actually be kind of an inter-squad scrimmage Mm -hmm. there with fans. And then if there was going to be an open practice, maybe just one in addition to that. But I didn't get the sense it'd be three or four open practices, and a game opportunity. Gotcha. That's about a third of the practices the team
3: got. No, that makes perfect sense. Uh, Nick Olsen, 24-7 sports, a lot of football coverage, as well as uh, Omaha Blue, I'm sure, a piece is coming after you see that game tomorrow night. Nick, thank you. We'll talk to you next week. Appreciate it, if not before. All right, Nick Olson? Thank you so much, guys. Have a good week. Yeah, you do the same. Nick 247 24-7 com. Iowa State's favorite. I saw it, uh, Chris posted, tweeted, three and a half last night. Is the number still there? Do you know?
0: It's moved up. It's up to
3: five. Is I said really?
0: Yeah, I had, I believe, two places when I was looking earlier this Money's morning. Money's coming in on Iowa State. Bounce back. Yeah. They're going to bounce back tonight, aren't they? W- weren't they going to bounce back against Oklahoma? That's what I heard. Uh, I heard that, too. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I didn't subscribe to it at the same level. Yeah, it's five across the board. There's an offshore four and a half, but yeah, it's five all the way across. Anywhere you can bet here in our state, Mm -hmm. you're laying five with Iowa State tonight. Would you? Maybe. Okay. Is it part of your picks? It's on the list. It hasn't made the cut officially. It has not gone into the Action Network app yet. I'm leaning that direction will we get there by oh say 1250 or so
3: Hmm. we will find out well i hope they uh i hope they bang the place out and all the Mm -hmm. students apparently there's been uh disappointing student crowds as of late yes heard that too upper deck they're right toward the top there they're not filling those seats and they're selling all the tickets that they can and if they're not going to fill the students aren't going to use them then sell the damn things we uh also get conference
0: tournaments beginning this evening (laughs) Atlantic Sun Conference tournament starts tonight. Bellarmine makes their way to North Florida and Florida Gulf Coast. Dunk City, no more. They go to Queens College in North Carolina.
3: And the West Coast Conference is underway this weekend as well, right at the Orleans. Uh, And Gonzaga and St. Mary's get a quadruple bye Seemingly, they don't play till they don't play till the semifinals. Till the semifinals. I like that. You're a major,
0: yes, yeah. And Gonzaga was a piece of that. Making their path is mm-hmm. before they were at the level they got to, but every year, hey, let's make this path realistic. Would you like to get, see the NBC do something like that? I
3: think there should be a reward, Trent. I mean, Br- Bradley right now has to win in St. Louis of the route, right?
0: Right, and say for Drake, even if they would have won yeah, yesterday, precisely.
3: I, I just didn't
0: think there was a path for uh-huh. them to get in. It's not a bad idea,
3: and if Give you're going to win, a little win, bit of a carrot,
0: right? Win two games. Are you going to play somebody good in the championship in the semifinals? You probably would think, gonna, yeah.
3: yeah. I don't mind it. I, I, I've always thought. It, I, I've always thought it was a, a Bass Ackwards. <laughs> I really did. Yeah. You know, you you go through the whole the twenty season grind from you know before the, before the new year gets here until this past weekend and you have to go win your conference tournament in order to get to the NCAA tournament? But that's what leads to the excitement. I guess, I guess. Uh, t- 25 after uh, the hour of noon. We'll come back. We'll switch gears from Iowa State to Iowa Conversations. Scott Dockerman, who's headed to Indianapolis to cover the Combine. He will join us. Transplays Plays of the Day. Circus Sports sponsors those those still to come. Miller & Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3
1: Avenue in Ooh. Urbandale. Get in on the action with the world's largest sportsbook. Right at your fingertips. Circus Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circa Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit circasports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet.
0: Have a gambling problem? It's right around the corner. We don't want to make this too complex. Hit us in the contacts. Let's set up a contract. We want you at Sanorama. We make all the signs. You just make the commas. Stress-free life out in the Bahamas. It's just Sinorama 30 years experience and we ain't gonna drip back Building up a brand and we always keep it intact Sinorama of Urbandale 10301
3: Dennis Art radio app now
0: Trent Condon here for the Urology Center of Iowa KXNO listeners, you may remember this
3: I also want to mention Trent Condon
0: Listen to how excited Trent is to get a vasectomy I was excited, Keith, and I'm still excited today Why? No more this around my house That peace and quiet can be a part of your home as well. Call the Urology Center of Iowa today and schedule your appointment. 515-400-3550 or iowauro.com. And don't forget, the big March college basketball tournament is 800 bets off.
3: Welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Scott Dockerman was in the building Saturday and Sunday for The Athletic. Get to that, headed to Indianapolis for The Combine. Starting, I wonder if, well, let's get Doc in here. Uh, Doc, uh, thank you as always for doing this, uh, Trent and Ken. number of teams starting to um, grow as far as not uh, making their way to Indianapolis to participate in the Combine. I think there was a couple last year, seemingly a couple more this year. I wonder why uh, NFL teams are staying away from this event, Doc. I thought that this was almost not mandatory, not that you were mandated to be there, but something you wouldn't want to miss.
4: I think it's mostly the, the head coaches. It's not really the personnel. Um, the coaches themselves, sometimes it's a it is a circus. It can be really crazy there so i think sometimes they feel like they can get more work done in that regard um you know the the scouts and the upper management tend to go at most places and they still have meetings with the players and that it's just not necessarily the head coaches i know like the jets in particular for the second year in a row won't be there and um you know so but getting that face time with the head coaches isn't as paramount as it is for the People who actually are going to make the decisions because once once they get back from the combine they see the numbers then they can decide who comes to campus or comes to their workplace I should say and then and then they can go from there.
0: Obviously, Lucas Van Ness is going to be somebody you're going to be following Mm -hmm. there, and a guy that wasn't even a starter at the University of Iowa, and he's going to be a potential top ten draft pick here. What else though outside of that story are you going to be chasing this week?
4: Uh, I'm going to be doing a lot of different things and not just Iowa related. I'm going to try to talk to Stetson Bennett oh, from Georgia. Nice. Uh, Devin Witherspoon from Illinois is one that I'm looking at. Um, you know, there's a lot of Iowa angles, of course. There's some Iowa State angles. Mm-hmm. But I think Will McDonald has a chance to really blow up. Mm-hmm. And if he shows some explosiveness, uh, I think he can really jump up and he has the potential to be a first round pick if the right team likes him at the right time. Um, so, you know, there's there's a lot of different storylines of a lot of different teams and, and plus, you know, I get the opportunity to talk to uh, you know, some some of the transfer's former teammates, not only at Iowa but at other schools like uh you know, Tanner Mordecai's former teammate at SMU, uh, Rush, uh Rashi Rice, um, you know, Dick Jackson's teammates at Virginia. Mm. So, you know, there's there's a lot of different things going on just Before actually going to the draft and some of these Iowa guys.
3: So, this is a pretty good week for you as far as content. Is that true, Doc? And do they make it, I mean, does the NFL make it pretty accommodating for you guys?
4: Yeah, uh, they do. And then they also make it, you know, and then there's enough people there on the side that you can. Do some additional work, or get a lot of rumors. That's for sure. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's kind of like I, I would compare it to maybe like the Thanksgiving dinner of, of NFL journalism. You know, because nice. you know you have access to all these different players and coaches and GMs, and and then of course you know out out and about in Indianapolis where there's lots of things. Being discussed.
3: And where you're liable to bump into Stetson better at 2, 3 in the morning as he's <laughs> yeah. staggering home. So, anyway. Yeah, uh, he better not do
2: that. In no, I this uh, is
3: a job interview. Fun times. On, and I don't begrudge him one little bit for doing what he did, by the way. Go do your yeah. thing. Man. And he
0: did. Yes, he in did. In a
3: big time way. Good well, for him. Doc, let's go
0: in order of what you saw at Carver Hawkeye Arena this weekend. Let's kick things off on Saturday in one of the most improbable comebacks Mm. in college basketball. Down with 94 seconds left by 13. This thing's over. Michigan State, they're goofing on their own guys at the free throw line. They shot it well. This was not a collapse like you and I against Texas A&M where it was the Panthers making mistakes Michigan State was hitting free throws. It was just Iowa, three after three after three. Take us in in the improbable nature and people trying to get their way back into Carver as the comeback was happening. <laughs> yeah, that's great.
4: Yeah, it was pretty crazy. I mean, the bowl, as you, you know, as it happens, even when if it's a close game, a lot of times by the four-minute mark starts to empty out so people can get to their cars. You know, that's the most important thing on Saturday, <laughs> yeah. early afternoon, is to get in the car and get home. But, now, you know, understandably so. As you said, I mean, it was just, 16-point game, you're talking mm-hmm. about a team that was, you know, hitting, what, 85% from three, um, you know, hitting a ton of shots from the free-throw line. Michigan State really couldn't miss. It was one of their better games, shooting the ball. And mm-hmm. and when you have, uh, you know, a coach that gets teched and then you get a stare down and, and it's a 13-point game, as you said, with 90 seconds to go, and even inside of a minute, I mean, until, you know, the first three-pointer went down with 38.7 seconds left, it was a ten point deficit, so it's it was so improbable to expect they that it would come close and then uh you know then Michigan State missed one free throw that cost them that was it, yep. otherwise they would have walked out of there and and uh our questions would have started with Fran McCaffrey, The stare down, the stare down <laughs> yeah. instead of making it a
3: footnote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, Hogard who'd been unbelievable with his free throws, Tony Perkins, you could see, he, I don't know whatever it was, he got him kind of chuckling. Kind of I don't know if he broke his confidence or whatever, but uh Perkins was successful at doing that. You're right if he makes that free throw we're not having uh, having this discussion. So doc, the um the, the comeback um the the fuel that uh, you know everybody making those shots. It felt like watching A and M and you and I only from a different perspective, right? You want you and I to hold on and to and to win the game. And my God, it's happening. And that kind of had that feel that oh my God, it's happening. That they actually have a chance.
4: Yeah, I remember that game, and it was such a heartbreaking collapse for Northern Iowa against it was Texas terrible. Man. It was, it was, but it was they couldn't inbound the ball. Yep. They turned it over. It was just this you know omg factor that i didn't really get that same vibe this was more of a iowa couldn't miss iowa mean, I was like 5 of 6 in the last 38 seconds from three point range um you know they they got down the court they they shot they made it even plays that they called they they it wasn't available they threw it to another guy and he made the shot so it was kind of this you know, really crazy ending because, you know, Michigan State made, what, all but one of those free throws. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like they were botching them and, and Iowa was coming down. So it, it wasn't quite the same feel, but I did think that once it got into overtime that, that was Iowa's game.
0: What was your takeaway from the Fran stare down at Kelly Pfeiffer?
4: I didn't like it, you know, and, and other people can think what they want, and that's fine, but I, I thought that at that point in the game, um, I, I, I just – Fran has had beefs with so many different officials over the years: John Higgins, Ted Valentine, uh, Paul Selzick, uh, uh, McJ- Steve McJunkins, and and uh, you know other ones. Um, you know I'm forgetting the Courtney one, Green no? now.
3: Courtney Green, Courtney Green,
4: Courtney <laughs> yeah, Courtney Green, yeah, yeah, that's the one. And then uh, you know, and now Kelly Pfeiffer, and you get called out for a technical foul, and then during a timeout after your team just made a you know three pointer, you're having a stare down. Mm-hmm. I mean. It was interesting, no question we're yes, talking it about it, but but I do think that what if he would have gotten tossed? I mean, you know, we if don't get that. Gordon green. Yeah. If he hadn't been Courtney green, he would've been in the locker room. Yeah. And uh, and even the the prior technical, I don't know that there was much merit for that. I think he was he was standing out there yep. yelling for a long period of time. And if they would have if they would have made that last free throw and Iowa would have hit a three and they lost by one point, that is a major discussion. So Anyway, they won the game. A lot of Iowa fans are now excited about it, but... I just don't think that it was the right thing to
3: do. No, look, at if, if it was Tom Izzo, Hawkeye Nation would be apoplectic, right? Mm-hmm. They'd be absolutely out of their minds that Tom Izzo had the audacity, uh, to, um, to embarrass himself and his program by doing that. But it was Fran McCaffrey and he's their guy and they won the game and everything's fine in Hawkeye Land. Uh, I'm with you 100%. And you're right. You're 100% right. Had the circumstances not gone the way they did and it would have ended up costing them. Uh, An entirely different story, but it didn't, and on they go, and they certainly needed that, Doc. So let's go to Sunday, which was... I mean, it was remarkable in its own right. I mean, game days there, a lot of Hawkeye fans, women's basketball fans show up to be a part of it. Looked great on television. The game was a back and forth. I would open up an eight-point lead. Uh, here come the Hoosiers, just right down to the bitter end. And it was a foul on Cenzano, or I hope I'm saying her name right at the end. She hooked her arm, looked like it was a square dance, for God's sakes. Um, it was the right call. Um, but it set the stage for the drama that we saw, and who didn't think that Caitlin Clark was going to get the ball and do what she did? Remarkable theater!
4: It, yeah, I have never seen well two games back to back like what we saw this weekend, and and to see the way that that the culmination and. Uh, you know, and, and I think there there was some discussion that Miss Kenzie Holmes had, had actually traveled before she was. Was well, she
3: traveled because she was being danced with <laughs> in the square dance? Move.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah, very much so, and and she was clearly fouled. And uh, but I think the time put back on the clock was helpful, and of course in the women's game being able to advance the yeah. ball to mid court was also a huge factor. Uh, but yeah, to be able to put the ball in the hands of uh, you know one of the great players who ever play women's basketball and give her an opportunity to have that last second shot. And then for her to make it and have a, a fever pitch. I mean, I, I put a decibel reader out in a lot of, uh, a lot of games, um, you know, I haven't done it at Kinnick, but you know, at Carver Hawkeye, I certainly have. And at Hilton, when I go to Hilton at that time, um, the loudest I'd had it before, I think was actually Sanford's shot at one There've been some wrestling ones that have been close, but that was when Clark hit it, it went to one nineteen. It was louder than I've ever heard it Jeez. before. It was just a remarkable moment in in Carver Hawkeye history.
0: Has to be the capper to make her national player of the year, right?
4: Hmm. No no argument for me. I think it's very short sighted because let's put it this way, Trent, if if you had a, a forward in the Big Ten who averaged fourteen and nine mm-hmm would they be the national player of the year or would it be the guard who leads the country and assists and second in scoring, you know, 27 points and almost nine assists a game? I don't think it's even close. So why is it this way in women's basketball? Mm-hmm. I just don't get it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I mean, there's some sort of crazy influence that's going on there, but I mean, and I'm not saying South, South Carolina is the best team in the country and it will win the national title, but, Caitlin Clark's the most exciting player to ever play the sport. Mm-hmm. Give her some credit on this one.
3: No, absolutely. And, and think about the run that the university of is having, whether it be you know Linderbaum or Campbell or Keegan or Luca or Spencer Lee or Caitlin Clark. I mean, some of the names Doc and what they're doing at the, and doing it at the highest of levels, what a run this, this, this university is on athletically as far as some of their major stars.
4: No question. I mean, this is really a, a, a golden age, if yep. you will, of, of some of these athletes. I mean, you know, what we're, we're not—you know—when you're talking about some football players who are all pros at the next level, and they still don't even kind of resonate on a Mount Rushmore type list of the last decade, right. you're talking about you know a special era, and you know, and then you know, when you talk storylines, you, you know, the, the biggest storyline as anything is what. You know, with Brian Ferentz in the office, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
3: that's a great point. Now, then we did <laughs> no, but, we did get some resolution this weekend, right? Wasn't there somebody dropped from the case? Didn't I see that?
4: Yeah, Seth Wallace, right, the right, right, linebackers coach, was uh, released on Friday night. So, um, it, it, right now, it's under kind of a continuance. There are some rulings coming up on summary judgments, and uh, so we'll wait and see. You know what ends up happening there.
3: Remarkable. Enjoy Indianapolis. When do you get back?
4: I'll be back late Sunday or Saturday night.
3: Good stuff. We'll read, be, uh, be there, read. we'll read all your pieces of The Athletic as we always do. Great stuff, Scott Dockerman. Thank you, as always. Appreciate it.
4: All right. Thanks, guys. Have a good day. Yeah,
3: you do the same. Scott Dockerman, as we catch up on the Hawks and the Big Ten and the Scouting Combine in Indianapolis, we will take our final timeout. Trent's Plays of the Day coming up next. Circus Sports sponsors. It's Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. oh
1: six point three. Oh, Get in on the action with the world's largest sports book right at your fingertips. Circa Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circa Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit CircaSports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800- Sewell Walleye.
2: Back to Miller and Condon on KXNO and Trent's Pick of the Day.
1: Presented by Circus Sports Iowa.
3: Alright, Miller and Condon, welcome back to Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Final couple of minutes on a Monday. Circus Sports sponsors Trent's Plays of the Day. Let's start the week off with a bunch of wins, shall Let's we?
0: do it. We got a six-pack of games here, and yes... I am going to jump on Iowa State. Wish I would have done it, obviously, earlier when that three-and-a-half number is out there. But I'm going to lay it with the clones here. In fact, some 5 and a halfs now starting to pick up also out there. Still at Circo, though, you can get the clones minus five. If you like them, we will jump aboard there. We are going to play... The Atlantic Sun Conference Tournament tonight. Give me Florida Gulf Coast plus the 2.5 as they take on Queens College. Uh, Also in the Mountain West tonight, I like Wyoming, who has been a huge disappointment uh, this year against Steve Alford's team. Any opportunity I have to fade a Steve Alford coach team, I'm going to do that. Give me the Cow Pokes uh, plus the 6. Let's go to a little Big Sky Conference, Montana State. They're getting 2.5 at Eastern Washington. And I like Oklahoma State tonight. It It has not gone well the last couple of weeks. For the Cowboys, I think they bounce back and get the win. You get a point and a half, I don't think it matters. The money line didn't intrigue me, though, enough there. So we're going to grab that one and a half just in case and wrap it up late tonight. Sacramento State plus the three as they face off against Portland State. A six-pack of games Hmm. in our final two days of February, yet another profitable week. And thanks to our partners with Circus Sports. It goes so fast, does
3: it not? It, does. it just seems like we were finishing up college football uh-huh. and can't wait for non-conference to be over in basketball so we can watch the conference play, and here we are at the end. Poof. Uh, anyways, well, good stuff. Uh, appreciate Darren DeVries taking time out to uh, join us here in hour number one. And, of course, Nick Olson and Scott Dockerman. Murph and Andy coming up in six minutes. The Drive with Heather and Sean from 3 until 6. We're Miller and Condon. You can hear Trent and I every Monday through Friday from 11 to 1 on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO.